to episode 20 of the Night Gallery podcast. My name's Chris Brown. Today we're going to be talking about the, uh, well, it's the third story from episode one of season two. It's The Hand of Borgus Weems. It's a great name, if nothing else. Uh, it sounds like from the name that it'd be something that uh, Salem would have written. You know, Borgus Weems has got great character to it. But um, instead it's not, actually. It's written by, um, well, it's written by Alvin Sipinsley. Um, who is writing from a short story called The Other Hand by George Langland. Um, it is, well, I mean, last week I said it was a divisive uh, for fans. Um, I'm not convinced that's completely true. It is, however, um, I mean, you know, it depends how, how you feel about the way the story's played out, basically, whether you like this one or not. So let's, uh, let's, let's get into that story. The script's obviously, as always, quite spoiler heavy here. Um, it's a story about a guy called Peter Langland, which is played by uh, George Maris. Anyway, Langland goes into a doctor's surgery and demands that his hand be removed. He uh, he claims it's not his own hand anymore and has been um, taken over, possessed by somebody else. Uh, to prove this, he uh, shows to uh, the surgeon a guy called. Ravden, played by Ray Milan. Um, he's, he shows him that he's able to write in a script that isn't his own. He has no uh, knowledge of Latin, and uh, Ravden can't make sense of what he's written. But it shows that uh, he tells the story. Well, basically, what happened is he um, he claims he's tried to kill three times, um, and has failed luckily in three times. But um, obviously. Rabden refuses the surgery, but um, Lachard basically then grabs a heavy metal item and thrusts it, metal bust I think it is, yeah, the metal bust statue, and uh, thrusts it onto his hand, the alleged possessed one, and smashes it, basically uh, forcing surgery upon himself. Um. So after the surgery, he tells a story. He says that um, basically what's happened is he has um, tried to kill three times. And um, he tells a story of how he's tried to do it. He's tried to shoot somebody, to stab them, and also tried to run somebody over. His only clue to why he'd possibly try and do this is uh, one name. The great name of Borgus Weems. Anyway, our, um, he tells a story to a, a surgeon, our man Rabden, and also to a psychologist. And um, Rabden goes to speak to Al. He goes to the police, basically, this story. And goes to the uh, detective who is investigating the death of a man called Bogsween, so he can come up with nothing. And they explain exactly what what's happened and... Um, you know what what happened to Borgus and what the theories are, and it all links together in terms of what the deaths were and what what he's done. Then we discover basically that uh, Rabden is uh, well, basically he's now possessed. He grabs a pen. He was intended to write a prescription for your man, but he writes um, in Latin Virgil. And uh, the uh, the policeman, who luckily has a better classical education than the doctor, says 
it means arise my avenger out of my bones um, the doctor looks at his hands and then realises that it's no longer himself that controls it it's Borgus Weems so yeah I mean right obviously the first thing I'd say about this is that it's um, it's a very old kind of story the old disembodied hand story um, you know fans of Vicky's horror will remember things like Peace with Five Fingers um, also um, you know there's the Maurice Renard tale the hands of Orlac um, you know it is um, it is not a new idea and it, it wasn't a new idea in the 70s either to be fair um, it is also, I would say, a little odd, but I think that plays to its credit. I mean, basically, there are plot holes in it. Um, you know, how can a disembodied hand control a man's foot when he tries to run over one of his victims? How is he compelled to purchase a gun, but also not just that, but then to walk, to well, walk or drive back to his home and then try and shoot somebody? It's a huge jump. However, what I think is that the um, these, I mean, I think it is a story with a twist, basically, which I don't think certainly in terms of uh, I mentioned last week about the Rod Serling's Night Gallery and After Hours Tour by Scott Skelton and Jim Benson. I mentioned they didn't like this story, and I think the reason for that was mainly because they um, they think that the um, the story is uh, a little obvious and uh, has too many plot holes and a bit pedestrian in its direction. It's true that it is a little pedestrian in its direction, but I think the twist, as it is, is that you don't initially think that. Um, well, you don't, you think he's lying. You think the story's made up. That he's a, you know, it's it, it's very able to convince you that the story does have discrepancies. It does have uh, problems with it. There are plot holes, and it sounds like the story of a madman. That the uh, like our man um, Lackland would actually attempt to, you know, is a, is a madman who's trying to kill people. He's 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 a, he's a bit of a nutter, and um, he wants uh, and he wants the hand destroyed, and he's blaming his own psychotic behaviour on a fictional possession of one item, one part of his body. The reality is, though, that it isn't. That it is, in fact, the truth that he is being uh, manipulated by the brilliantly named Borgus. And um, and not only that, but the Doctor, who had given him a lot of time and a lot of sway, was now also infected with this possession. So, for me, it is an unusual story and one with problems. And yes, it is a little, it is a little 70s, but, I mean, to be honest with you, there's plenty of stories that I've leveled that uh, criticism at. But still, you know, it's still pretty good. Um, I'm just trying to think of one off the top of my head. There's a fair few in season one, to be fair, that could be, um, you know, aren't particularly well directed. Um, you know, um, that, you know, Pamela's voice is a, is a good example of one that's quite dry. Clean kills as well, for that matter. Um, some of them I don't, I mean, you know, some of them I just don't like. They like, make me laugh, that, that, that was not. Oh, The House. The House is a great example, actually, thinking about it. The, um, the that that story, which is all down to its um, its unusual layout and delivery, but in actual fact, the story itself seems quite 
you know, I mean, the direction and the, the acting is quite dry. Um, so for me, I, I, I think that works. What I'd say is um, Alvin Sapinsley, no matter what you say about his contribution with this story, what he does in the future is massive because he makes Pikmin's Pikmin model, which is probably one of the best stories in season two. Um, he does, uh, he's done six scripts for this show, for the city, <coughs> for, for Night Gallery. Um, he was asked to, specifically by Laird, um, it is possibly not the best, uh, it isn't the best he did up for the show, but it is a decent, decent episode. I think it suffers because it's bookended by Phantom of War Opera and also uh, Miss Lovecraft Sent Me, which I spoke about in depth last week. Um, I think it's interesting as well. I mean, Alvin gives a, a good conversation about the two the two sides that are fighting for right and control for uh, Night Gallery. Um, Alvin, he's, he hasn't got a lot of uh, closeness to the genre. He doesn't. He didn't like these kind of weird stories, kind of thing. But he got, you know, he, he got bullied into it by Laird, um, and he got caught up in this kind of power battle between Laird and Salem. He, uh, his opinions on it, I think, showed that he he he, he, he didn't mind doing rewrites, uh, which was good because Laird obviously demanded them. Um, he had no problem with that, but he did have problems with Sterling because basically he felt Sterling wasn't the man who was uh, covering the uh, the story. I mean, it wasn't his job to suggest this stuff. His quote is this: Rod kept in, in, intruding himself and trying to uh, to put it around the scripts. In fact, he called me up once at home to talk about one of the scripts I'd written, and he had no business doing that. I wasn't working for him. I was working for Jack. Now I think that gives an example of how you know the, those two sides. Obviously, it's Laird who's holding the pair strings. He very much thinks he's controlled Night Gallery, and Serlin, whose name's on it, who uh, is you know part of the reason why it's getting a lot of the uh, the boost and the push that it was getting because you know it had it was carrying on from that uh, that that idea of the Night Gallery of, of the Twilight Zone and what was coming from that. Um, so I can understand why both of them were trying to enforce themselves on Alvin, who uh, was a good writer, but uh, and willing and receptive to come to, uh, to criticism and also to the idea of what he needed to rewrite. So uh, I think both sides were kind of using that in some way to uh, enforce the control. Laird because he had control. Serling because, rightly or wrongly, he uh, thought that he had the authority to be able to discuss these things with writers. Uh, the biggest reason for that being, of course, that he was um, the, well, his name was on the script, basically. His name was on the front of the title. He was introducing these stories. Uh, he was a main, he was the lead, you know, he was lead writer as well, which is easy to forget when we talk about, you know, the influence of Jack Laird. He was lead writer on this, on this show. Um, anyway, um, basically, Alvin, um, no matter what you say, and his, his dislike for weird tales. It is telling that he also did uh, a version of the Scarlet Letter for PBS, which is another example of great horror uh, writing for television. So yeah, I just think it's a really good, um, I think it's a nice little story, I think it plays out quite well actually. Um, 
I like the fact that it, you know, first time I remember the first time I ever watched it, and I was thinking, this is interesting because he's blatantly not telling the truth. <laughs> he's a pit man. And then for it to kind of come back together again, and it, it, it you know, the, the, like the prophecy is real kind of thing, I thought that that worked really strongly. Anyway, basically next week we are going to be discussing uh, Phantom of What Opera, which was written and directed by Gene Kearney, my least favourite <laughs> director of the Night Gallery. Um, it is notable for one thing and one thing only, Leslie Nielsen's in it, in a, what would be a very, very early comedy role for him. Um, it's another short one. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how we're going to play this, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not going to do a huge amount about the lead sale and stuff because there's not a lot really to talk about in that case because mainly because um, you know these arguments are better served as and when they come up I mean I'm better talking about a Jack Laird uh, and Salen disagreement actually when Laird or Salen wrote the script rather than when it was you know Kearney gets control for, for whatever reason for 10 minutes but uh, we'll pull something together for next week hopefully and, uh, and hopefully you'll enjoy it uh, a couple of things um, hello to um, well a gentleman who got hold of me through Twitter, uh, which you can too at orange underscore monkey. Uh, the guy is twittering under the name uh, Golden City nineteen eighty four. I think he's from Malaysia. His name is U Cheng uh, sorry, U Ching Zen. Um, cheers, good to speak to you. Um, I'm glad you said hello. It's always nice to uh, speak to somebody who is, seems to be uh, to be just discovering. Twilight Zone and uh, Night Gallery and uh, I feel quite honoured that he's using both mine and Tom's podcasts as a guide while he's kind of discovering these episodes so uh, thanks for that and um, he's about to start season 3 of Twilight Zone and uh, I think a fair few of us who listen to this will be able to say you know I'm pretty sure there's a fair few episodes in there you're really going to enjoy. Also on uh, Twitter obviously the, uh, the Night Gallery podcast podcast sorry mate Night Gallery Twitter feed who is a gentleman who uh, always always pushes both mine and Tom's work forward uh, always got a minute to have a chat really knowledgeable really great guy uh, so thanks very much as always for what you're doing I'm just looking at my uh, Twitter feed now and I noticed that overnight again you've uh, you've pushed a fan over to, to uh, mine and uh, Tom's podcast so thanks a lot for that you're, you're a real ambassador for the show um, if you want to get in touch, as I said, you can on Twitter. My uh, my Twitter address is at orange underscore monkey. Uh, you can email nightgallery at the twilightzonepodcast.com or you can um, go to the website dimensionxradio.com where this podcast, um, where the Twilight Zone podcast and also episodes of Dimension X uh, soon to be X minus one, and also suspense are hosted. You can uh, leave a message there, and I will reply to you. Tom always gets back to people who leave messages for him as well. Uh, occasionally, go there's a link to the uh, forum, the Twilight Zone forum. Occasionally, I'm on that, but very rarely. But if you want to leave a message, the easiest thing to do would be to Twitter or on the website. And I, I really like speaking to people. I really enjoy. I'm really glad that uh, you're listening to this. And other people are too. It's it's really great. Uh, as always, thanks to Tom for hosting this podcast and uh, giving me all the help and encouragement I need to to, to make it as good as I can do. Um, so 
that's me for today, this week. Uh, next week, when it will be next week, I know I've been a little bit sporadic recently, but I should have time to get another one out, uh, will be Phantom of War Opera. Uh, I might try and get a couple out over the next few weeks, you know, not to necessarily catch up, but because I've got free time, because I'm off for, you know, long weekends, um, the UK obviously Easter, uh, then there's the Royal Wedding, so I've got a few spare days, so hopefully we'll be able to get a couple more podcasts out for you and try and try and get, you know, keep 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 the numbers up, keep the distance going. Uh, so yeah, thanks very much for your time, and I will speak to you next week for Phantom of What Opera.